Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's in the morning, it's a new day, because you live and breathe in May. It's a new dawning, brand new mercy, yesterday's gone. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining me here today on Modern Living with Dr. Angela. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Chester. My guest today is Roger Mitchell. We are talking the King's Gift. The gift from our creator is endless. His love for creation can be found all around us. As I talk to Roger B. Mitchell today about his book, The King's Gift, we will talk poetry as well as scripture. So let me tell you a little bit more about Roger. Roger Mitchell is a loving husband, father, and lover of God. He is a cutting-edge prophetic poet who also likes to play golf, camp, and read by the fire. He's the owner of Ground Takers Incorporated, a lawn and landscape company in Cincinnati, Ohio, his birthplace, and where he presently lives with his wife and children. Roger has been involved in ministries for over 30 years. He is presently a Christians United for Israel as Cincinnati's city associate director and works with Jewish National Fund supporting the nation of Israel through building relationships and helping to bring Jewish people home to Israel. The program is called, and I hope I say this correctly, Nefesh Nefesh. Don't think I'm saying that correctly, but that's okay. We'll get we'll get that clear. Uh, Roger relies on thought-provoking treasures um, as well as truths to be shared through the message of hope, through unending love, and through the Father and His glory and forever praise His name. So, without any further ado, let's go on and bring Roger on. Hello, Roger. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Good morning. How are you doing? I am well, thank you. I always love to have a fellow author on the show and to talk about um, the process of not only writing the book, but the information that's in there. Because people usually write a book or a novel or they share their poetry because there's something that they feel an urgency to get out and share with the world. So what prompted you to write The King's Gift? Well, that's that's very interesting. Uh, obviously, I believe it was the creator. And uh, I got a poem called The King's Gift. Actually, it was on Christmas Day. And it was about how we celebrate the birth of Messiah on that day. And then I started getting more poems, and to be honest with you, they were a little bit perplexing to me because I never wrote any poems before. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. they started, yeah, it was. I said, where are these coming from? But uh, 
They were about supporting Israel and about loving the Jewish people. And again, I'll be really honest, after I got a couple of them and I started to feel the call of God to help support him in these areas, I was a little resistant because I was really busy running my business and mm-hmm. I really didn't want any more responsibility. So I sort of resisted in the beginning. And after about four or five years, we decided to put some of these in a book because we believe God didn't give them to us, just let them lay around. So mm-hmm. that's how I was prompted to get involved in all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just love how God has a way of making it perfect timing, even when we don't think that it's necessarily perfect timing. And I can understand that. It's like, okay, God, but I have this other thing that I'm doing. Are you sure <laughs> this is what you want me to do? I can, yeah. I can definitely understand that. Now, many people believe that writing a book takes, you know, years and years. Some people believe that you can have a really great weekend in the mountains and get it written. How long did it take you or what was the process for you from um, writing your very first word to writing your very last word? Well, you know, that's interesting. As, As I said earlier, I never really intended to write a book. I started receiving some poems that kept coming out. Before long, I had about 30 of them, and they were just laying around, and I started to realize that, oh, maybe I should put these in a book. And mm-hmm. so I called it to Kate Jeff, and it didn't take long to put the book. I called uh, a self-publishing group called Inspiring Voices, and within about, oh, three months, they pretty much had it together. And... Uh, so that's how it came about. Mhm. Mhm. Well, listeners, we need to take a very short break, but when we get back, we will continue to speak with Roger V. Mitchell. He is the author of The King's Gift. And yes, of course, it's available on Amazon. We'll be back right after this. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining me for Modern Living with Dr. Angela. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Chester. My guest today is Roger V. Mitchell. And he is not only an author, but he has been involved in ministry as well. But today we're talking about his book, The King's Gift, which of course is available on Amazon. Uh, Roger, I want to make sure that people are able to follow you on social media or to be able to pick up a copy of your book. Where can people do that? Well, they can do that at inspiringvoices.com or they can go to Amazon and and they can uh, get a convenient ebook if they'd like or just order a book at inspiringvoices.com. All right. Now, we know that um, with poetry, there's there's so many um, different ways that people like to read poetry. Um, some people want to do more kind of like a, uh, what do you call it, like a devotional uh, style reading where I'm going to read one every day. Um, 
some people might put their books together like a chapter where you're supposed to read this entire section at a particular um, in a particular time frame. Is your book constructed in a way that it's just free and open for the reader to read however, or do you have kind of a plan? Is, is there a certain way that, that the reader should um, take in the information? Well, that's, that's a very interesting question, and thanks for answering that, because it, it has a genre to it about helping the nation of Israel, but then I threw a couple poems in, like one was just for my daughter and how much I loved her, and some were just how you want to connect with God, maybe early in the morning, one called Awakenings, uh, but when I started to consider all the poems, there was a, 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 a theme about helping the nation of Israel. And, mm-hmm. you know, with Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-four, in there, how God is going to fly the Jews from all over the world at the end of time. And it's called Aliyah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was going to literally, according to Isaiah 60, verse 3, he was going to cause the Gentiles to help in this process. I, mm-hmm. I'd like to read that, if I could. 63, the Gentiles shall come to your light to the brightness of your rising. So I've noticed in the last 10, 15 years, like John Hagee Ministry, he's he's almost mm-hmm. 3.5 to 4 million strong now that are all helping in this this what mm-hmm. I'm going to call the this this global royal mandate. And a lot of this poetry has now led me to what's called the global royal mandate, which is about people helping Israel stay united, and be able to keep their own land and, and live in the sovereign nation that they believe the Creator gave them. So, yes, there's, there's, a, there's a message in this poetry. That's what's sort of unusual about it. It's a prophetic message about helping the nation of Israel. And then there's some inspirations in there for how to connect with God. And then I have some family poems in there about relationship and love and, and other things of the creator's been showing me over the years. So it's sort of spread out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we mentioned a few of the ministries that you are involved in. And um, some people may be a little bit more familiar with, and, and others people may not be a little um, familiar with. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about what is Christians United for Israel, what is Jewish National, and what is the Jewish National Fund? Okay, so Christians United for Israel, I think a lot of people will know John Hagee, and mm-hmm. he started this about 11 years ago. He was over in Israel, and he was praying at the Wailing Wall. He had a Jewish gentleman next to him, and he said he started thinking, wow, we serve the same God the same creator, mm-hmm. but I don't even know this man. And so he struck up a relationship with him, and he said when he got back to Texas, where he lived, he just felt this overwhelming compassion to start protecting the Jewish people and supporting them and loving them. And that started mm-hmm. KUFI, which stands for Christians United for Israel. And now they're 3.5 million strong, and they just they fly Jews from all over the world, they're helping with the crisis in Syria right now. Um, I believe they helped build some bomb shelters. 
So they fund a lot of things over in Israel right now, supporting the Jewish people. They have a national mm-hmm. convention every year in July. We go to Washington, and I know a lot of Christians don't like to get political, and neither do I really, to be honest with you, because it's a realm I don't really like to go into. But we have to stand up. We have to get in the gates there. We have to go mm-hmm. in and stand up and uh, speak the truth as we see it and just mm-hmm. continue to be a blessing to the Jewish people. So that's mm-hmm. Christians United for Israel, head up by John Hagee. And then there's Jewish National Fund. Uh, they started Jewish National Fund in 1901, led by Herzl, and they started fulfilling prophecy, actually, planting trees, starting to think about coming back to the land, even though it never happened until 1948 when Israel became a nation. And then in 1967, when they fought the war to uh, defeat their enemies, I guess you could say. And mm-hmm. it's really a struggle for Israel. I mean, just thinking about how they might have to fight every day to keep keep their own land and then the confusion around the land. And mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, Jewish National Fund does so many good things. They keep clean water. The nations from around the world, Israel has one of the best water cleaning systems in the world, and they're, they're asked to come all around to help people keep the water clean. They plant mm-hmm. all the trees. They're going in the Negev right now and building another community. They just do so much to help the nations of the world. And uh, even right now on the border of Syria, they go in and... They find people, and they don't care who they are, their enemies or whoever that are wounded. They bring them out, and they doctor them up, and they get them well. I heard a testimony of one Muslim man who said, Uh and this was just last week, and I saw it, I forget what radio show I saw it on, but he was brought out by the Israeli soldiers in a ministry, a Christian ministry that worked, you know, with them, and they put him in the hospital, doctored him up, and he said he'd learned all of his life that Israel was the enemy. He says it's not true. They're our friends, and they love us. And so by that mm-hmm. one act of kindness, this Jewish man who was taught all his life how bad the Jewish people were, how they were the enemies, he now knows that's not true because of that one act of kindness and love. It's amazing. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, Roger, thank you so much for on our show today, but sharing about these wonderful ministries that you are a part of and are near and dear to so many of our hearts. Listeners, thank you for joining me as well for the show. Roger, please feel free to come back any time. Okay. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And as always, listeners, may the Lord continue to shine his face upon you. May you receive his grace and his mercy in all that you do. Until next week, everyone, I leave you with the song, Reborn. In the image of my Savior, I declare there is no other name, no other name that can save.